Father, Lord Jesus Christ, such a fitting song, Father, to introduce the speaker, Father, bringing the word, open, Father, Lord, the fountain, come, come into my soul is our prayer, come into our whole being, Father, is our prayer, come and make this place your dwelling place. Not this tabernacle, that physical seek that we can see from the outside, but the inner man, Father. We want that to be your place, your dwelling place. Come, come, Father, Lord. Lord, we want to invite you. We want to welcome you. Amen. We want, Father, Lord, to forget anything from the outside, just to refocus on you, Lord. Come and take full control, oh, precious Heavenly Father. You know that without you, we are nothing. Father, you know... That, Father, when we were in sin, when we were, Father, Lord, disobedient to your word, you reached down and you called us, Father. You brought us out. We are what we are today because of your grace. That's why we invite you this evening, Father, because you loved us first. We want to return our love to you, Lord. We want to tell you how much we love you, how much we appreciate you, how much we want to be Lord, even willing to, to, be, to hear from you, Father. Whatever you have in store for us, Father, Lord, this evening, speak to us, Father. Lord, I've prepared some notes and as a human being, and I've tried, Father, to yield myself. But, Father, may you take the full control. Let the dynamic part come and take control over the mechanic. We thank you, Father, for the prayer that was said, was said the songs that were sung, the special, the atmosphere that was created the leak of fire that each person brought. Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, and the prayer that we're done in our houses. Oh, God, all together to come to this, to this point, Father. Now, Lord, we just want to rely on you and walk by faith. Hear, Lord, what you have to install for us. Forgive us where we have failed, Lord, and help us, Lord, just always to look to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Mike, and the musicians, and, and all of you. God bless you richly. Greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. For those who are here, for those who are streaming, God bless you as well. And uh, as we heard on Wednesday, we are all in one, one accord. So that's the most important thing. The only place of worship is in Christ. Amen. Just want to thank the pastor, uh, Pastor Harold and Brother Ed for allowing me to speak to you this evening and uh, not taking it that lightly. It's always an honor to speak to, to you and, uh, and, uh, and I thank for that trust always, amen? Amen. And, uh, so, but uh, all together we are getting ready for the rapture, amen? amen. That's why we are here. Enjoy the services, the service this morning. Amen. Glad I'm also 
I'm convinced that you also enjoyed that. That was so good. Thank you, Brother Andrew. God bless you richly. And, uh, and uh, our ministry keeps growing, keeps growing. And uh, that's good. We appreciate that. And God richly bless you. And uh, behind every man, there is a powerful woman. So thank the sister as well. God bless you all. Uh, let's go to the Word of God. I'll just go directly. I have a lot of notes, but uh, not really go all through them. But Hebrews 11, 8. May God bless his word as we are opening the sacred word of God this evening. Hebrews 11, 8 to 10, the scripture read last time. I just want to continue from the place where I was. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. May God bless his word. Amen. And have a seat. Uh, I was wondering... Uh, I'd like to continue on the message on the subject, uh, the same subject of the obedience of faith, or obedience uh, of faith part two. Brother Ed has extensively preached on Abraham. Brother Andrew took Abraham as well this morning. And uh, looking on the side of grace, and uh, I'm thinking to, I'm thinking to take our last part, last part, last time when I stopped was. Uh, with all the part that I would like to take on the other branch of works. And uh, it's not necessarily the part, uh, it's not my favorite part to preach on, on works, and, uh, because I like grace. <laughs> but, uh, but I felt like I couldn't get rid of it, and uh, I tried, and uh, ministers know what it is. Sometimes you say, okay, let me try to make it a little bit softer. And, but uh, it was just saying, okay, no, just, just say the way it is, and uh, I couldn't get rid of it. And uh, I had some thoughts on different things, but still I came back to it. So just going to listen the way it goes. Amen? Amen. When you look in the Bible in the message, you realize that obedience is one, if not the best or the best quality that God requires. As time we mentioned many times that when it is translated, it is also having what the Bible says sometimes in King James, that having faith in God is actually the same root word, the Greek word for obedience. You can't believe God and not be able to obey what God is telling a person. You can't say, Lord, I believe you, I believe you, I believe your word, but if you don't obey the word of God, it means you don't believe. Because faith in God has to produce obedience. He has to produce action. It has to be expressed through action. Amen? 
works is faith expressed. It is faith expressed. You cannot have the faith is not expressed yet. Is not perfect yet. James will talk about it. And James 1:21 says, "Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the ungrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only." deceiving your own selves. So if you are not careful, we might just be here a, a hearers of the word of God. Just hear the message and hear the message and rejoice upon the message. But if you don't apply the message, you don't do rich really too much. You don't go too far. You can be there and say, oh, this is, I believe the prophet, I believe the message of the hour, but it has to go through action. You have to put that in application. It has to become a reality. God is interested for that what you believe to be manifested and make life. It's not like you say last time, it's not like you have to put things because they are imposing on you to put those things, but you have to pray and you have to ask for more revelation. God, I want that to become a reality that comes from our heart. I want from our heart that it becomes a life that they can express. Amen. That's why, if as long as you don't reach that, it's still, you're still a walk, something is happening, but it's not yet there where God wants you to be, or God wants us to be. God wants us to get level where we hear, but also we apply. And the Bible says in 23, says, For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer is like, is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for he beholdeth himself and goes his way, and straightway forgetteth what man of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, Brother John preached on perfect law of liberty one time, and continueth thereon, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Amen. If any man among you seem to be religious, and brothers north, bridles north his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. So the word of God is the mirror. As you look into the mirror, you want to see how you look like, what your status. God, examine my heart. God, I want to examine myself to the word of God. Where am I in my walk? What is the word of God saying? Look into the word of God. And once you look into the word of God, you see what is wrong, what's wrong, and you make it right, and you make it right. You don't, if you just look into the word of God, and then while you leave, and you forget, and then God is only for Sunday, and then, then you don't correct, and the next day, you come here and then God is only for Sunday and Wednesday. No, God is for every day. You come to church, it's a house of correction. We come here to be corrected, in order to come here to, in order to be circumcised, to take things that are not of the word of God so that we reflect what is in the mirror. Amen. We reflect the word of God. The more we look into the mirror of the word of God, the more we, we are being transformed to the image of the what we are looking at. But what are you looking at? You have to look into the word of God all the time. Amen. Are you with me this evening? The word of God is the mirror. And the mirror is, is not a real, a real mirror to look back, but it's a mirror to look forward. The message of the time came here to prepare us for the rapture. As you are looking in the mirror, you are preparing yourself for the rapture. Amen. Praise be to God. People want to love the Lord. Most of people want to love the Lord, the invisible Lord, and proclaim to do so. But Jesus Christ came to define what is the love of God. 
He says, if you love God, keep my commandment. If you love the Lord, you have to obey his commandment. And if John will go into the word of God, he says, after seeing all, you know, John, John walked with the Lord Jesus Christ. He went with the Lord Jesus Christ. He was one of the disciples, and the Holy One was at the crucifixion. He saw what is happening. He went, he's the one that was the most loved. He's the one that is the type of the bride. He's the one that has the inspiration of the anointing of eagle. He's the one in the inspiration, anointing of the bride. And he saw that. He was in the Isle of Patmos, and he came out. He saw the seals. He, he, saw, the, he saw the thunders. He was about to write them. But he was told him, don't write those things. But he saw them, he heard all these things. But after all this conclusion, he came to the conclusion when he's writing the epistles, he came to the conclusion, you know, if you love God, you have to obey his word. Amen. If you love God, you have to love one another. It summarizes all his experience through the experience of love for God and love for one another. You can't love God in the abstract without loving his word. You can't love God in the abstract without loving your brother and your sister. So that's what it comes. The same thing that sometimes we don't, we don't, we, we put the things in the abstract level, but we have to come to a level where it becomes life expressed. Amen. So the same thing about the word of God, the same thing about obedience, the same thing about faith and obedience. You can't say, Lord, I obey you without following the revealed word of the hour. You have to be following the revealed word of the hour. Disobedience, the prophet says, it means rebellion. I looked that up in the dictionary to be sure. Rebellion, rebelling against what? The revealed word of God. Like Cain revealed, rebelled against Abel's revealed revelation, vindicated, vindicated of God that it was righteous. And Cain rebels against it and slew his brother. The Pharisees, with their own denominational knowledge of what the word of God was, selected, hand-picked man, rebelled against the vindicated word of God, made manifest for the day Jesus Christ and killed him. That's why right, that's what the children of disobedience is, a rebellion against the word of God, the God of the evil age. People will be fighting, as we heard this morning. People, there is spirit fighting against the bride. Because the bride is one that's been selected, and she has the disposition of heart to receive the word of God. To accept the word of God. To obey the word of God. But the sons of disobedience, the sons of rebellion, will always be against the revealed word of the hour. Amen. But we thank God that we are here to receive the revealed word of the hour. Praise be to God. Remember, look at Cain, even in his life, even when he came to the point of sacrificing. The brother Banner would say it many times, Cain was a religious person. He was religious as Abel. He came also to offer sacrifice to God. He did exactly the same thing as Abel was doing. And the brother Banner would say, if it was only about the worship part and that he was sincere in what he was doing, then he would have also been called a righteous man. But it was not about that. You need to have revelation. You need to have revelation. Even worship, it has to be through revelation. That's why revelation is so important. We can never overemphasize the importance of revelation. May God give us more revelation. So something I'm, I'm trying to preach on to prepare for next time. God, give us more revelation. We need more revelation, not less revelation, but more revelation of God. 
and, 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 and you see the power that was given to, to Cain, he didn't have revelation. But even though he didn't have revelation, God did not condemn him because, first of all, at the first time, he didn't have revelation right away. But he gave him another chance. He says, if you do as your brothers did, then you will do well. You know, God doesn't condemn the denomination because they don't have revelation right away. Because revelation can only be given by God. He cannot condemn you if he doesn't give you something. But when he gives you an opportunity to hear what has been given to someone and you don't follow it, that's where the problem is. So he didn't have the revelation, but Abel received the revelation, and God told him, you have to do as to the revelation I've given for the age, for your time, that's what you have to follow. In our time, no, no matter how long we have studied the word of God, how long we have we've been educated in all the different things, with that, that passage of the Bible we have read and we have read through ages, we couldn't understand. We couldn't have the revelation. Only God in this time he has opened the book and has given the revelation to the messenger of the age. Now it is asked for everybody for the age. You have to follow the revelation for the age. Amen. You have to obey the revelation for the age. God, give me the same revelation as the revelation you gave to the prophet of the age. And let me obey the revelation of the age. So the message comes to define to us what love and obedience are. To love God is to love his word. And to love his neighbor. But very often we hear people, I believe the message, but if it's not about, but, if it, but it is not about believing the message, but do you follow what the message is saying? The prophet in the message talking says, we are not to come together to talk about the message. We are come together to get in the message. Don't just stop about talking about the message. That's already a very good point. Amen. As we talk about the message, we invite the atmosphere, the angel visit those who talk about the message. It's already a good point, but don't stop there. You have to get into the message. And the message has to get into you. Amen. That's what the message is. And it says the message is Christ in the token of 11, 28 in the evening. He said the message is Christ. He is the word. You cannot worship Christ of 2,000 years ago. You have to worship Christ in truth and the spirit and the truth according to the message of the hour. Because the message is Christ. You want to love Christ? Love the message. You want to love the message? Obey the message. He is the word. That is right. We have, we need to get into it, get beneath it. Yes, sir. That's what we are supposed to do. He was not responsible for any persons out from under the blood. Not one. No matter who he was, he was not responsible. All had to take not only himself, but his whole family. They're, they're, only, they're only safe when the token was displayed. We cannot feel safe until this token is displayed. Don't put your safety on any other thing, but unless the token is displayed. Amen. You can do everything, you can hear many things, but where is the, is the token displayed? Is the token displayed publicly? Is the token present in your life? Amen. That's the most important. That's where the message comes to. Do you have the token? Amen. 
We cannot feel safe until this token is displayed. That's right. You must come under this token, God's Holy Spirit, and displays to you Jesus Christ because it comes and lives in you. Amen. So what will be the benefit of being in time of Noah and talking about the message of Noah and you don't get in the ark of Noah? You know, Noah is preaching so powerfully the message. He's preaching so good. Oh, I love the way he's preaching. I love the way. Oh, I love the atmosphere around Noah. He's not preaching like the denomination. Are you going to get in the ark? Uh Or are you just saying his message is good? Are you getting into the ark of Noah? That's where you have to come. Yeah, Noah, I hear your word of God, and I'm willing to get into that message. And I'm willing to get into that ark, Noah. That's where the token brings us to. That's where the message brings us to. Get into the ark. And the ark is Christ today. Let your word be made flesh in me, Lord. Let the word be born in the manger of my heart. Let your word be made a reality in my life. Oh, praise be to God. To believe the message is to get in the message. And a message to get into you. To know that you are in a message, the life of the message, the life of Christ is in you. Where the smallest of the wishes of the message is like a commandment to you. The same question asked last time, what will leadership of the Holy Ghost be without obedience? In the first Exodus, it failed, even though they had a pillar of fire. Even though they had a cloud. Even though they saw the miracles, even though they went through the journey with the prophet of the age, but because there was no obedience to follow the word of God, it couldn't give them the result. The word was not mixed with faith. And not only faith in words, but faith in action. Lord, you said so, and I believe so. Even though I don't understand how we're going to conquer and go in the promised land, but I believe you. Faith is going into a land that is not known to you. As we heard this morning, the unseen, but the same thing. Abraham obeyed, he had faith, but the five senses couldn't determine where it was. He had faith, but the mind couldn't determine where he was. But he had faith. He had something inside that he knew, that he knew, that he knew, that he knew, that the one who talked to me is real. And I know that city exists. That's why I'm already starting walking all along the way. Those who believe many years ago, even if you believe one week ago, you didn't know what you'll be preached today. You didn't know what many, how many people will fall out of the message, all different things. You will know. But one thing was in your heart. It was not the person who brought you a message. It was God who brought you in the message. I always remember the pastor who said one time, at the end of the year, says, the greatest grace that, or the greatest blessing you have received is you are still in the message. Many people have left and different things happen, but you are still in the message. Not by your own strength, but by God's grace, you are still walking with him. You could have reasoned it out. You could have made different excuses. They have good points here and there, but God keeps you walking in the message. It's just God's grace in the message. But you have the willingness to say, God, lead me wherever you want me to lead, and I'll just follow you. Amen.
Matthew 21, we read about the two children. God likes the one who accepted the obedience. We were in the world, but thanks to God, we repented. We heard the word of God, and God honors that obedience. I'm afraid that sometimes we want to use the part that pleases us in the message. The message is here for full obedience to the voice of the angel. Not only part of the word that you like, not only part that is convenient to you, but the whole word of God. Lord, I'm not able to leave it up by myself, but I accept the whole word of God. That's the attitude of the bride that has to be. Obedience is better than anything else. In 1 Samuel it says, Samuel said, Have the Lord as, as the Lord, 1 Samuel 15:22. And Samuel said, Had the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. He thought that because of his position he could do whatever he had to do, but God said, because you have rejected the word of God, don't reject the word of God. Don't diminish the word of God. Don't devalue the word of God. Don't dilute the word of God. If you reject the word of God, God is going to reject you as well. Amen. It's a little bit hard, but, uh, but it's true. Amen. If you reject the word of God, God is going to reject you as well. Obedience always turns God's life away, to, no matter the circumstances. No matter how low a person has fallen, a sincere obedience coming from the heart with revelation will always soften God's heart. Amen. We see that in the Old Testament, God will bring Israel so many times. He will tell them and bring them to punishment and try to correct them. But the purpose he was trying to, to show to them is, you know, you have to come to the point where you have to obey my law. They were still under law. You have to come to the point of obeying my law. But let me point to you this point point to you this, that even, in, even though he was doing that, but that was not what was the perfection was looking at. It was not looking at the point that you have always to put people under punishment in order to bring them to the word of God, but he wanted that to choose from the heart, that the word of God could be written in the heart, and they'll be willing to follow the word of God. Whatever the word of God is expressed, that could say, Lord, I want to obey the word of God. You know every revival, you cannot have a revival without coming back to the word of God. You want a revival in your life. You want a revival in your family. Come first to the word of God. Amen. Glory to God. As we are in the time of adoption, the Bible is giving us what it is, our place in the land. As the book of Ephesians, the part of book of Joshua, the book of Ephesians is giving us what is our place for each person in the land. And Ephesians 6 tells us, and I read it last time and I said I'll not give it justice, but just continue on that point. Ephesians 6 says, one tree says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that the mayest live long on the earth. 
That's your place. That's your place. You have to be obedient to your parents. The prophet will go even further and say, don't call them those old names and so sort of thing. You have to have respect for them. You don't maybe value that today, but one day you will value that more. And that scripture has become a reality to me. Now I value even my father more. Oh, I see what he went through. I see what he went through. Oh, my God. If you could bless his soul, rest in peace. You have to respect them while they're still alive. Respect them. That's your place in the kingdom. You can't go further without having obedience to your parent. In this message, amen. You can't, if you can't be obedient to your own parent... There is little hope you can be obedient to anyone else in the society because it is spirit you have put upon yourself is a spirit of rebellion. And the Bible says in Romans 1.30, it says there will be a spirit, there will be the backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, boasters, and inventors of evil things and disobedient to parent. It is a spirit of the age to always be disobedient to parent and we don't have any part in those things, and we don't want that spirit to have any part in us. We want our children to be obedient to their parents, amen. We don't want that spirit of Laodicea to be upon us. We want God, let your law of obedience be upon in our heart. Amen. The spirit of obedience to be upon our heart. An obedient child was an honor for the parent, and he still is an honor for his parent. In the Old Testament, a disobedient child if a child was disobedient and stubborn, in Deuteronomy 21st, if a man had a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, that when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and his mother lay hold on him and bring him out of the hall of the city and unto the gates of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of the city, this son is a stubborn and rebellious, he will not obey your voice, is a gluten and drunken, and all the men of the city shall stone him with stones that he die, so that put evil away from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. When I read that, I actually feel like, well, really, that's what was done in Israel? But it was to show that how much God was so, he disliked so much this spirit of disobedience. And it's not something that you should encourage. It's not something you should entertain. Because that spirit is actually, it, it, it spreads very easily and becomes just rebellious. But may God keep us under the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Amen. But God wants us to be under the anointing of the obedience, the spirit of obedience. God wants us to be like the family of Jonadab. Jonadab maybe is not, is not a word that is... Is another person that is expressed many often in the, in the message. But I was reading the Bible in Jeremiah 35. Jonadab was a, was a father who instructed his children. He says, you, you, you don't have to follow the trend of the world. You don't have to follow what others are doing. You have to stay faithful with the word of God. Don't drink wine, don't defile your body, don't do all the different things as the world is going. You just sanctify yourself and stay clean and follow the word of God. He gave that instruction to the children, and the children willingly took that instruction from their heart and said, Father, we are going to obey what you are saying. And we are going to follow you whether you are there or you are not there. We are going to follow those instructions. 
And through years, they stayed faithful to those instructions, following the word of God, no matter what Israel and Israel was doing and Judah were doing, they stayed faithful to the word of God. And because of their faithfulness to the word of God, God didn't punish them as he punished Israel and Judah when they went unto the captivity. Because he said, because first of the father who instructed those children to stay with the word of God and the children's attitude to accept, to stay obedient to the word of God, I'm going to honor that attitude of staying with my word. May God make us more like Jonadab. I'm going to take this uh, principle of obedient woman here. So sisters, and forgive me a little bit, but I just want to make a point here. In 1 Peter 3, it says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husband, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold and of putting on of apparel. You know, if we don't, you know, if you don't pay attention, easily the fashion of the world is coming into the church. Maybe, maybe time now, it's a little bit more the time of the focus where people are. Uh, or the trend is, is because of the time we are going through, I mean, the focus may be something else, and we know what we are going through, and different trials and different things. But at the same time, we have to be careful on our attitude, how we dress ourselves, attitude, how we present ourselves, an attitude even further in our heart. Where is your heart? His. Sometimes we start, because of, of, of being on this, through this year, we see things online and different things. We, we lose that sensitivity of not accepting to look at things that are not correct anymore. You know, we easily, we see a, a woman who's, who's painted with different things. You, you, you don't turn your regard anymore. It's, it's normal. It, it's not normal for a Christian. Amen. It's not normal for a sister to, put, to follow the fashion of the world. Things that are transparent or the high heels or different things. And, you know, cutting your hair or putting a little bit of, of makeup. Just nobody sees, you know, you're at home. Nobody sees. I'll just put that. That's not the time. It's too late to go back to those elementary things. It's time to keep moving on. Don't go back to the things we have already vomited years ago and go back to these old things. Keep moving on with the word of God. Stay in the purity of the word of God. The standard of the message of the hour. I don't know anybody doing that, but I feel like saying it anyhow. So the women represent the church. I'm not preaching marriage and divorce here, so it's okay. (laughs) But I'm bringing a principle compared to the church. The prophet, they ask him here, is your life worthy of the gospel? Woman, woman ought to look to Jesus. You ought to look to Sarah and them of the Old Testament. They got so that I was preaching the other night somewhere about women to obey their husband. And they say, and the prophet says, obey? Yeah. That went out of the marriage ritual a long time ago. But they're not going to do that. No, sir. They live in America. They let you know so. They're not going to obey. But as long as you don't do it, don't never try to call yourself a Christian because you are not. 
I don't care how much you dance and speak with tongues. If you don't obey your husband, you're out of the will of God. A woman that wears short and does these things that she does on the street, don't call yourself a Christian. You want to have the world and still hold your testimony. You cannot do that in the presence of God. When you know better than do it, not is bored in the ear, marked away, then you'll never hear. Remember that a sign of closing the ears, you won't hear it no more. You won't listen. You'll never be able again to do it again. How many can say amen to the word of God? But sometimes we think that we have the obligation only when the husband is a Christian or when he is more intelligent than you. You can say, you know what, I've studied and I'm very educated. I know how finances work and everything. So my, my husband has no say upon it because I know how to handle everything. No, still the attitude has to be my husband, what do you think about this? And it is an obedience. I want you to get this. It is obedience by faith. Because humanly speaking, looking at the appearance on the outside, oh, yeah, she's very qualified. She can do that. She, she sure should be doing that. Actually, she should be doing that, humanly speaking. But because there is obedience by faith, she has to walk by faith. I cannot rely on my own ability. I have to rely on what the word of God says. And I humble myself under my husband. And what he's going to give me as instructions, I'm going to follow. Sometimes it can be wrong instructions. But as long as it's God's order, God will make it right. But as long as you follow the instructions of God... The same thing now put in the spiritual realm. Sometimes we can think we can handle things on our own. But actually you can't handle things on your own. You have to be obedient to the faith by faith. And say, God, I don't understand it by my own understanding. But because your word said so, I just follow the instruction of the word of God. And it's going to turn out right. But as long as he's not breaking the word of God, you have to follow him. God who is omniscient, omnipotent, knows that what you do, your part by following the word of God will turn out to be good. You can come back to God and tell him, as you have recommended, that's what I have done. The prophet will say many times in places, how nice it will be if all of us could come back to God and say, God, I've done as you have told me to do. Sometimes we do things because we want to do things and we can't go back to God and tell him, God, I did as you asked me to do. Because you did it in your own way. You don't have faith enough to come back to God and say, God, I did it as you asked me to do. Elijah did exactly as God told him to do. That's why he could come back to God and say, God, I've done according to what you have told me. So now and come and confirm your word. Because I've done the part that you told me to do. Now it's your part to intervene. Now they ask a prophet, should a saved wife refuse herself to her husband if he's a sinner? He says, no, sir, no, sir. That's your husband. You'll drive him farther, farther away from God than ever by doing that. 
that's right, brother, sister. You married him. He's yours. You are his. But he goes. But if he goes, end of quote, question and answer. But if now I put my comment. But if he goes above God's authority, then you got to the high authority. If he goes behind the authority of God, you want to trespass the authority of God, then you have to follow the authority of God. The principle of the message, the principle of the God. Are you with me this evening? Amen. Question and answer 64, 64. I need your amen because you know, I told you, it's not the area I feel myself comfortable. Good, so you have to support me, your amen. Amen. I like it. Deal. Because <laughs> I would like to preach on grace, but... <laughs> I felt led to preach this way, so I let me just preach this way. I don't want any trouble with the master. <laughs> so, and if it's my own thought, may God forgive me. Amen. I don't want my own thought. So he says, Brother Branham, the Bible tells us that the wife should obey her husband. I'm a Christian, and my husband is a sinner. He persecutes me in every way that he can. And for me not to go to church and read my Bible and denies the word, what should I do? What should I do? Now listen, you're supposed to obey your husband. That's the word. Now, if he tells you and refuses you to read the Bible, go to church and something like that, you don't have to obey that. Because he that we that won't forsake his father, mother, husband, wife, or whatever it is, and follow me, is not worthy of mine. Is that right? The man, I suppose you are not, a man's not supposed to use that authority over a woman just because he is her ruler. God is her ruler above you, brother. See? If your wife is doing something wrong, then you got a right to tell her and she's supposed to listen to you, but you haven't got no right to beat her and drag her around and do those things. No. God made her a helpmate, not a doormat. Remember, she was your sweetheart. She should always be that way. Amen. And we thank God for the message. We thank God for the balance. Amen. We thank God for what he has given us. But beyond that, what is the disposition of the woman? The disposition of the woman should be always to be willing to accept what the word of God is saying. The prophet said in Exposition of Seven Churches, and I will conclude that regarding women, says a woman is not meant to have an iron disposition. She is, according to the Holy Scripture, to be submissive to the male. This is commanding of her. Women who is truly female or all female will be, will be of that disposition. Now that's what I want to be the bride. The bride is have that disposition. Oh God, I want to be submissive to your word. I want to be, I'm willing to follow you, no matter how it is, no matter how it is, God speak to me. And I thank God for, the, for our church, by God's grace. No, the ministers have the liberty to speak, and they speak. And actually, by God's grace, we have a wonderful church. People always say amen, no matter how hard it is. And I thank God for that. You can go in other churches when I say some things, especially if you heard by the hell was preaching, it was very, very hard. He said, Wow. First time I came here and I heard him preaching, I was like, oh, my wife was still in Switzerland. I was like, sweetheart, this is the church you have to come. <laughs> He's just putting things straight. <laughs> so this is where we have to raise our children. This is the right place. Few churches are like this church. 
This is the right because everything is straight away by the one I'm preaching. No compromise. We thank God for that. Not a doormat. No real man makes a female a doormat. But she will want to be under authority, not rule over the man, for he is the head of the house. If she breaks that image that God made for her, she is perverted. Oh, I'm running out of time. But any male that lets the woman take authority has also broken that image and is perverted. That is why a woman cannot wear that which is pertinent to a man or cut her hair. Explains why you do those things because it's a matter of authority, it's a matter of your place. It's not something we put on top of you, but if you recognize your place in the scripture, you want to remain with that attitude, God, make me more submissive. Amen. She's never to wear garments that pertain to a male or cut her hair, but when she does, she's intruding into the male domain, the male domain taking authority and perverting herself. And when a woman invades the pulpit, which is commanding, she must not do. She shows what spirit she is of. Let me read this scripture and uh, this quote and finish it. Being a dominating female is antichrist, and the seeds of the Roman Catholic Church are in her, though she may deny this ever so vehemently. But when it comes to the word, let God be true in every man's word. A lie. Put that on the woman. My son likes to put on the woman. But for the church as well. Don't have that dominating spirit. And it's very easy to have a dominating. You, you need to have that balance. May God give us that balance. That discernment to know where you have to stop. And where you have to go. Because it becomes harder and harder. If you are not very careful. You might be disobedient. And you handle the dominating spirit while you should be submissive. The rich young ruler came to the point we recognize that I don't have what I should have. And he comes to ask for advice to the Lord Jesus Christ. But his disposition was not ready to accept whatever the Lord Jesus Christ would tell him. And when the Lord Jesus Christ expressed he loved him and he told him, Exactly what he should do. He didn't want to go a further step of obeying what he heard. And that's where he missed the point. Although he was raised properly and he loved God and everything. But he came with the wrong disposition. And maybe, I don't know what God maybe wanted just to see how far it will go. But because he didn't have that disposition to go. And he failed on the point. But let, this is me now. Even though... If God had allowed him to say, okay, you know what, just stay the way you are. Along the way, I think the wrong ruler, the young rich ruler, will still have a problem at the Pentecost. Because he would not be willing to share everything that he had with the others. He would still want to keep everything for himself. And it would have been an impediment all the way at the Pentecost. But God, seeing what will come in the future, says, you know, now at the right time, just put everything to our side. You will have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and all will be yours on the other side. Yeah. This is just me, but. One good example of the woman, of the man. Now we are talking about man. A good example of the man is the centurion. We must have the faith of the centurion. 
He recognized the authority of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Perfect faith does not depend on distance. Glory to God. God, I'm a man under authority, and you are the man who has authority. You can just tell to this devil, come out, and you'll come out, because I know what authority works. Amen. The prophet says in the resurrection of Jairus' daughter, he says, to the Roman centurion, he says, I'm not worthy that you should, that you should come under my roof. Just speak the word. I like that. Look at this. He said, I'm a man under authority. I say to this man to do this, and he does it. I say to this woman, go, and he goes. And this man says, come, and he comes. I know what I have under me is as to obey me. Now watch. He recognized that Jesus Christ had sickness under his control. He said, you just speak the word. That's all we have to do. The sickness of my servant will obey what you have to do. Give us that kind of faith here tonight, prophet says. You will see something happening. That's right. Just speak the word. Whatever you say, that's the way it will be. Just say the word. And that's one way that's what we want to be. Just say the word. Speak the word. But we don't want to skip one part that he said. I'm a man under authority. Many men want to have authority without being able to be under the authority. They don't want to be under the authority of the word of God. They want to have the full authority, but not to be under the authority of the word of God. But Brother Moses, I'm, 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 I'm under the authority of the word of God. I love the message. Do you love the message? Yes. But do you obey the message? That's the problem. You know, I love all the message, but you know, I'm just listening to the tapes at home and I'm following the message. All oh, the message is so powerful. But do you know that the message says you have to come to a church? <laughs> if you really love the message, you have to come to a church and be part of a church that you can call your home church. Don't just say, I love the message, but you are not under the authority of the message. You have to be under the authority of the message. Oh, but you know, ministers make mistakes and everything. Yes, they will continue to make mistakes. I will preach today, and I under my own sincerity, one month from now, I come and say, you know, the other day I made a mistake, forgive me. But still, you will continue trusting that, because you are walking by faith. God, you lead everything under control. It's not me checking here, checking here, checking here. But God is leading everything under control. Amen? That's obedience by faith. You don't know what you're going. But the word of God is a lamp at your every step is leading you. You don't know the future. But every step, God, lead me, lead me, lead me, lead the church, lead the pastor, lead the minister, lead the song leaders. You just continue walking by faith, and God will take care of the rest. I don't want to be in a church where this is the person. I love the message, but I don't want to be in a church where someone has to tell me. It's not someone telling you. It's the word telling you. Here we are privileged, we are so many here. I've been in churches where only 10 people. So when the pastor is rebuking someone, you know who's rebuking. You all know that he's, oh, that's that one. When he's talking about someone being late, you know the one he's talking about. But that person is not leaving, or because he talked about me in public, now I'm leaving, now I'm going. No. Just say, God, amen. It might be the ministers of uh, of a government, he might be a, a, a CEO, but when he comes under the word of God, he's under the authority of the word of God. 
That's the bride. Amen. Don't be disturbed in all service. Now that we have few times, few the deacon sends you, you know, I want you to sit over there. Because I have my favorite place. He took now my place. Oh. The whole service, you missed the point. Because just someone took your place. Oh. <laughs> just learn to be under the authority. And sometimes I give that grace to the... I'm sorry, sometimes I'm, being on time is always my problem. Struggle. Sometimes they send me up there. I give them, send me whatever you want. Down there, I will, yes. Down there, yes. Deacon, whatever you want. <laughs> Don't give attitude to the deacon. Make life easy for <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but one time when I was younger, brother was getting married and his sister went courtship and everything and went to a convention and the sister, very good sister, very friend. And they're just putting them together and said, no, you sit there. And the sister, you put there. I said, oh, the deacon said, okay. Just, uh, you know that the brother made the decision to say, no. She couldn't, she, couldn't, she couldn't obey what the deacon says. If she can't obey the deacon, I don't know if she'll obey me at home. And he made his own decision there. That was just what he, God told him. No, he can't obey the deacon. That's it. Wow. Until today, that's it. That, that was hard, but be careful. Amen? Simple things you do, just be obedient. Your obedience show what your real master is. Obey even the even the mean master. In First Peter two eighteen, servant, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. For this is thankworthy if a man, for conscience towards God, and due grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory it is when you buffeted for your fault, you shall take it patiently. But if when you do well, suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. If your boss is a woman, he says, you have to do this with this. Don't go with the message and says, that's not your place here. Your place is in the kitchen. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry, it's simple. You don't, I don't think someone reasonable in the message will do that. But sometimes you can have this attitude in the background. You just say, oh, yeah, that's what God provided. It's a woman. Okay. I cannot change the world. The world will go down hurt. The world, you don't go there and fight. You know, women should not work. And that's not your time. But you know that in your heart, you have no part in those things. Yeah. Your word teaches you differently. God has allowed that to be there because the word is going in that situation. But you give to Caesar what is to Caesar, and to God what is to God. You stay by obedience by faith. 
I would have wished it would be differently, but she's not my enemy. It's the spirit of the world, and I'm going just to do what she's saying here at work, but I follow the word of God. If God leads you different to leave that woman, that's up to you, but this is my what I'm thinking. But our church is not a group of forming young people to protest against everything that is in the government or authority. Otherwise, we have to take this scripture out of the Bible. The message is not a place to form people who have to be rebellious. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like by the way, Brother Ed is saying, that's not our call. That's not the call of the bride to revendicate and protesting. Our call, we are getting ready for the rapture. God, change my heart. Come and make yourself real in my heart. Let me get closer to the word of God. Don't let the distraction of the world take me away from where my focus has to be. Let me look to the hand, to the hand of the road. Brother Van, I will talk about the experience of that, that boy who was bicycling. The, the other ones, they could live and walk. They could, they could ride the bicycle on their own way and their own way. But Brother Van said there was one who, who even though he could do and, and, and ride the bicycle his own way, but he kept his eyes, his, his hands on the, on the handles, but also the eyes on where he was going. The other ones were looking on the circumstances around. His brother preached this morning, looking to the unseen. He's not looking at the circumstances around. You look to the end goal. I'm going into the rapture. Whatever the world is doing, Lord, I want to stay focused on you. Make me obedient to your word, Lord. The prophet, after he had crossed the border without declaring an animal, he returned back to confess to the policeman that I had an animal I didn't declare to you. He didn't go and say, no, you know, I'm son of Abraham, possessor of everything, so I don't have any right to go back and everything. The world belonged to me. Give to Caesar what is Caesar. Don't want any spirit of disobedience. Just be obedient to the word of God. Is it okay this sin? Titus 3, 1, 2. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, Deceived, serving divers lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God, love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which is shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Oh, so rich the scripture, amen. It requires faith. How can you obey a magistrate who is not born again? As long as he does not break the word of God, I obey by faith. But my boss is an unbeliever. It doesn't matter as long as he's not breaking the word of God. I'm just obeying by, by faith. I don't know what's going on, but I'm just obeying by faith. As the book of Ephesians told me, servant, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in the singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Amen. Just obedience by faith. But how, how can you, how do you trust? How do you know that will make the right decision? That's not my problem. 
My problem is just make sure that I obey the word of God. Once they will go beyond the word of God, I'm going to stand my ground on the word of God. I will be like, like Peter who says, who shall I obey, man or God? I have to obey God. If they say, if they say to you, don't, don't worship, don't believe the message, don't, no, you don't have to have, you don't have, you don't have to pray to God. That you don't have authority upon my prayer to God. Like Daniel, I will stand upon my ground worshiping the Lord no matter what. Because I have to obey to a high authority that is above any other authority. Amen. Like the, like the children of, of, of Israel, the three children. Even though he doesn't deliver us, but we are not going to bow down to this image because it is against the word of God. But as long as everything is, is, doesn't break the word of God, I will have the spirit of submission. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'll read a few quotes and we'll be, we'll be finishing. The prophet says, In his own personal life, contending with himself, he overcame by obedience to the word of God. Hebrews 5, 7 says, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him, that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the order of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. What was he obedient to? The word of God. Now then, there will not be one person who will sit in the throne of the Lord Jesus Christ unless he has been living that word. Your prayer, your fasting, your repentance, no matter what you present to God, none of that will gain you the privilege of sitting in that throne. It will be granted only to the word bride. As the throne of the king is shared with the queen because she is united to him, so only they who have that word even a ease of that word will share that throne. That's why we are so thankful for the word of God. We are so thankful for the invisible union to the word of God. Yeah. Amen. Let me say this. Unless we suffer with him, we cannot reign with him. You have to suffer to reign. The reason for this is that character simply is never made without suffering. Character is a victory, not a gift. A man without character can't reign because power apart from character is satanic. Character sometimes you get to get a point where you have, you have to rub things that against what your opinion is. But as long as you are obedient, that is forming your character. Your obedience is actually the essence of your character. As what you show in the obedience, you look in your own walk, in the justification, obedience is required. In sanctification, obedience is required. You have to put all the trash outside. In order for God, you have to cooperate with God. Amen. You have to put things aside. Amen. In the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have to be willing to accept the whole word. Because it cannot come and seal you as long as you don't have that desire to obey the word of God. In adoption, you need obedience. Amen. Only the child who is obedient to the, the word of God, to this father business, can be adopted. Amen. All the way, obedience is important, but obedience by revelation. Amen. Amen. Do you love the Lord? Amen. 
I'm half my note, but I'm good. Musicians can come and uh, just read as we are coming, read what the prophet says. Abraham called those things which were not as though they were, because he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, God was able to perform, because he would have never made the promise unless he knew what was going to be. See how we can rest upon his word then? No matter how hard the storm blows, what's contrary to it? Rest solemnly upon the word. God said it, who has seen the other side of the storm? If you are sick, just anchor your soul in the haven of rest. If you are perplexed and distressed, remember he said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. He said, all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. So just stay right there. One man wrote, poet wrote, my anchor holds within the veil. What is a veil? It's something that shut off here from there. The anchor is on the inside of the veil. You don't see how it's going to be, but you know that there is something that God a hold of you, that God a hold up there. And when the sea is blowing and stormy, did you ever, I guess maybe some of you has never been privileged to see a ship anchored. Oh, I've rode them when they throw out a, when they throw out, they throw out a sea anchor like that until the little craft couldn't go over the top of the wave. I could go through the wave. It could, would go through the wave, but as long as the anchor held, that's all that makes any difference. The walk by faith is walk where you don't see everything, but you just walk trusting in God. Right. You don't know what the future holds, but Lord, I'm just trusting in you. It's not a fight that you have to fight yourself. You, you, let just that anchor holds within the veil. That's what I'm praying. I'm praying this evening. God, give, may God give us revelation for that anchor to hold within the veil. If that anchor is not there, you'll be tossed here and fro. But something is inside of you that what will keep you no matter the storms of life. Look at Peter. Peter, Peter didn't understand everything. He even denied the Lord Jesus Christ. But he had the revelation inside. I know that he is the son of the living God. I don't understand everything. I don't, I'll make mistakes. But there is something holding there. That's what we need. Amen. Praise be to God. The anchor holds. Do you love the, the Lord? Amen. The anchor holds. Though the ship is battered.